It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with certified financial planners Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being with us, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. Here with me, my fellow CFPs at Corhorn Financial Group, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Should you have the same investment strategy across all of the accounts in your portfolio, or is there some reason to have maybe some investment accounts structured differently than other accounts? We're covering that and more on this episode of Wise Money. I can't believe we haven't hit this topic yeah. before. I mean, we've been doing, we're, oh, we're crusty veterans now. We still, <laughs> every show sounds like it's our first one ever, but crusty <laughs> veterans. How have we not hit this topic? This is good. We're going to get geeky today. If you have questions for us, reach out to us. You can do so a few different ways. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574 574- 222-2000 online, wisemoneyshow.com. Submit a question right there on the right. And then all over social media, we get lots of engagement, lots of questions on social media. Find us on YouTube, Facebook, wherever. Just search Wise Money Show. Follow us, like us there, and leave comments there. And All right, so that's a good segue. On YouTube, just a, maybe a month ago, a few weeks ago, I'm not going to pronounce the name correctly, and it might be a made-up name anyway. But the question came from a fan of the show, with a Roth IRA, what types of options can I hold? And I immediately thought, watch out, sell all your stocks. <laughs> just kidding. It was just that to me, when, when there are more and more people speculating, that makes me nervous. That's a sign of some capitulation on the upside. Um, but to me, I mean, that's a trading strategy. I look rather. So, so hold on. You got to explain though, because it, it, we're you're you're veering dangerously close to jargon. Yeah. So when I ask you the question as a just a a basic bro, hey Mike, what kind of options can I invest in inside of my Roth IRA? Mm-hmm. It, could, it could have one of two meanings, or more. Right. Like. What, what tools can I be using? What what types of mutual funds, stocks, bonds, that sort of thing? Right, which that to me said differently. Instead of saying what kind of options in a Roth IRA, I would say what are the investment choices right. within, a, within a Roth IRA? This this fan of the show put in parentheses covered calls and other things. So she, she was referring to, I believe it's a she, was referring to stock options, okay. um, which is a call is basically you buy the option, so you pay money for the option to buy the stock at a stated price. The price is fluctuating all the time. So you buy the option, not the obligation, the option to buy the to buy this stock at a stated price. You actually have to pay money for that option. Or you sell the right yeah. to someone else to buy the stock. Are we at a doing a price. show on options? Like oh, no, this? Is, let's goodness. not do. This is getting no, nerdy that, real fast. That, that would be an option, but I, I think, we, <laughs> I, I think we need to stick to what's at hand. But make the distinction. Yeah. When yeah. I, when the question, the reason why you um, rolled your eyes was 
You can see that on the radio. You can. You can. You can hear the tone of the rolled eye in the in in in, in the microphone. So I think what the what the question was: Can I do options as far as think very technical, advanced trading strategies? A way to um, add some sort of leverage to either get a, get a better return or protect against a worse return. Well, so that detail, that's trading strategy. The Wise Money Show is about financial planning. So I looked at that question and thought, oh, what type of investment strategy would I want in my Roth IRA? And how would that differ from maybe my 401k? And that's what I wanted to spend the, the chunk of time here at the beginning of the show about. Should you have the same investment strategy in all of your accounts or should you have a different investment strategy? Is it, is it more appropriate to have some investment strategies in, in this account, but a different investment strategy in this account? And should they be different? Right. You know, it, it is a principle that you will always hear us referencing um, r- related to your investments as a component of your financial plan, that diversification is an important tool in your toolbox as you're trying to make wise choices with your investments for some stated goal out there in the future. But diversification can have lots of different meaning. You know, I've um, met with clients in some small towns before, and there's a belief that they should have diversification amongst their their financial professionals. They thought, oh, I should sprinkle some money with this bank and with that broker and this advisor over here, and uh, and there I'm, I'm diversified. And what they don't realize, as I come along looking at what they've built and, and help them see, actually, you bought basically the same thing with three different professionals. Right. You're not diversified. You just have more work. You have three times as more people to manage in your life, mm. right? So diversification can mean different things to different people. As a principle, you know, we want investments that don't all behave the same way on the same days. We want, we want to spread the risk around in this way so that you can manage, manage the volatility or the fluctuations that you experience in, in your portfolio. But what we're doing today is kind of taking this to a whole new level and saying, do you diversify now amongst the different strategies or the different philosophies, even amongst different accounts? To me, this is a tax planning discussion. For sure. This is why you can't make a a financial decision by just looking at one area of your life, because you'd look at this and say, well, this is just purely an investment discussion or decision. No, it's not. It's actually rooted in your taxes because your types of investment accounts have different tax treatment and your investments have different tax treatment as well. And you want to match up the right investments, right investment strategies with the right tax shelter or tax treatment of an account. And so really it's a tax decision at, at, you know, at its very core. IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401ks, those are types of tax shelters, HSAs. Keep keep going. Yeah. So that's, I, I think make a T chart in your, in your brain right now, if you can, or if you got a piece of paper, Go ahead and make a T-chart. Because on one side, there are tax-favored investments uh, or tax-sheltered investments. And the other side, there are non-tax-sheltered investments. So on one side, you've got your traditional IRA or your Roth IRA, but a type of an IRA. You've got your 401k. You've got your HSA, health savings account. And you've got your 529 plan. Now, there, there are more than that, but those are probably the five biggies. That typically people would have, and you say, well, it 
it doesn't matter what kind of capital gains or dividend income or it, whatever it may be are I have in those accounts because it's I'm not going to get a 1099 at the end of the year saying, hey, you need to pay taxes on these dividends and these capital gains. All the activity that happens within those accounts is sheltered from taxes. So you can buy, you can sell, you can get a dividend, you can get interest, you can get a capital gain distribution, whatever, and it's all sheltered. doesn't land on your tax return until you pull money out of that account. Now, on the other side of that T-chart is an individual account. So that's just, you just open up a, an account, an investment account, go to Robinhood, check it out, whatever. Or a joint account or a revocable living trust account, family trust account, that or a or an UTMA account, uh, right? So on the other side of that T-chart, you've got a whole bunch of types of accounts, but they're not tax sheltered, right? You want to make sure you've got the right ownership, the right beneficiaries, all that stuff, because lots of times people aren't attentive to that on that side of the T-chart. But anytime you own an investment in one of those accounts that pays a dividend, it's going to land on your tax return. Anytime you sell an investment that has a capital gain, even if you reinvest it right away, it's going to land on your tax return, right? And so there's no tax sheltering that happens over there. So now here's the question, one full segment in. <laughs> We're now getting to it. Should you have different investment strategies on that, on that first side of the T-chart, your tax sheltered accounts, or even within those? And, and versus a different strategy for those non-tax shelters. We're going to hit that more. Coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Should you have a different investment strategy? Should you hold different investments in your Roth IRA versus your 401k? or versus your joint account? Uh, wow, that's good. interesting, interesting question. We're hitting that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard here with me in the KFG Studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Why can't I say that? Struggling with KFG yeah. Studios today. Too, too many biscuits and gravy too this many, morning, Mike. Too many cups of coffee, <laughs> probably. Uh, every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Go to YouTube. Search The Wise Money Show, subscribe to it. If you're not a subscriber, turn on notifications, leave comments there, and you get uh, all of the Wise Money content. You get to this weekly program and then all the other content that we post throughout the week. So go check it out on YouTube. We are talking about that headliner, which is, all right, should you have different investment strategies for different investment accounts? Before we get into it, Kevin's got some opinions. Well, I want to actually, I want to go there, but it, okay. it's going to seem like a long, winding, kind of strange road to get there. I'm used to that. Uh, so, it, <laughs> me too. It's my favorite. Uh, so, it's been interesting as a father to talk to my children about financial matters and encourage them to learn and be curious and, and understand that component of their life. There are many different components to your life, your the financial component is one of them. And so uh, Joshua and Caleb early on, they wanted an Xbox. And so I said, okay, if you guys read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and do a book, a book report to Mike and Josh, then uh, you'll get a you'll get an Xbox. And they did. And they got an Xbox. And uh, that was a really cool thing to be a part of, by yeah, the way. It was. I loved hearing what they took away from that book. So jot that down as an idea, you parents. Uh, Get your kids reading books that will change their thinking and then have them 
teach it to someone. Yep. That yep. is very cool. And and put something that they want on the far <laughs> side of something that they should do. Uh-huh. Um, because once you get accustomed to a, a sense of accomplishment, it's, it's somewhat addictive. Yep. So anyway, so most recently I've been working with Joshua, uh, who's still in Iraq in the U.S. Army. And we'll be coming home here shortly. But um, he's he opened a Robinhood account. It seems like all the cool kids are doing that these days. And you get a free stock. And he bought, I think he put about 2500 in. And he bought Bitcoin and a few other things. And he made $1,000 in, in three or four months. Mm. So he was pretty pretty pleased about that and that's it's kind of the 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 blind squirrel uh investment strategy or the uh i bellied up to the roulette table and put it on red seven and uh that's more it's more gambling than investing much more gambling than investing but here's what happens so he he sent me a text and said hey dad i sold it i'm gonna do something else sweet nice nicely done josh you made a thousand bucks now what I told him was your silent partner who had nothing to do <laughs> with the with your decision making is going to show up and is going to want, you know, 25% of that. So, you know, take that $1000, but that's not all yours. Like mm-hmm. 20 250 of it is going to between the federal and state governments is going to go away. And I, I, the way I, the way I phrased it in the original text is, just remember you're going to have to pay your silent partner. And he said, who's your silent partner? And I said, oh, that's the partner that has never shown up to work a day in, in, in their life. But when the payday comes, they're going to be standing there with their hand out saying, give me my share. And he's like, who's that? I'm like, what do you mean who's that? Someone that's on government payroll. It's well, I can tell you, it's the government. Well, right. That's it, interesting that Josh didn't make that connection because he's serving in Iraq, right? Yeah, now, right. Right, and the government yeah. doesn't have any money except for the money that is collected. Yeah, right. So it's very interesting. And then I got thinking about that, and I was telling him about the ownership of Corhorn Financial Group, and so there are four owners of Corhorn Financial Group. So the, the, we've got 100% of the ownership divvied up between Kevin, Josh, and Mike. And then another 50% of the ownership is uh, the federal government and the states of Indiana and Michigan. Mm-hmm. So we, Corhorn Financial Group has 150% ownership. And it is amazing to me as we, as we're, as we did tax planning, we're looking at, at what's going on here. And we think about, well, wouldn't it be great to pay everyone on our team more? Wouldn't it be great to be able to afford more people on the team? But we have this partner that shows up at tax time and says, hey, I want my cut. And you say, well, what did, what did you do? What what and I these roads these I'm not gonna go there Kevin come on I see I see what you're saying and and if so I can... so it's interesting it's a long way of saying hey listen just remember and it's because I told Joshua I said hey Josh maybe what you want to do if you want to if you want to gamble on Bitcoin and some of these other things do it in your Roth IRA yeah right. And he said, "Wait a minute, Dad. I don't want to do it in my Roth IRA because I looked at how, you know because I've I've done the exercise of saying, hey, let's look at how many times we get this thing to double and what it's going to be when you turn sixty-five. And it's like, no, 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 no. I don't want to derail that program. 
And and I'm like, well, maybe that's your answer. It's it's funny. We, we were all kind of hanging on what what does he mean by 150 percent ownership? And and now I get it. You know, you, you're saying, listen, every investment, whether you are an owner of a business, whether you bought some Bitcoin or maybe you've held Apple stock for a bunch of years, every investment is going to have some sort of tax ramifications. And so when where you place those investments, what type of account you hold them in is going to determine how much exposure you have to that tax pain. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is one of the reasons why we're always pointing to the Roth IRA, because all the growth, all the dividends, all the interest that can happen inside of a Roth IRA, it's growing and accumulating tax-free. Mm-hmm. But that's not true of every account. Some accounts... If, if you and your spouse opened up a, a joint mutual fund account and you held it for a long, long time, it's growing. It's maybe kicking off some dividends or some capital gains to you, and you're paying tax along the way. Every single year, it's having a tax ramification to you. And then when you sell it someday, hopefully you're selling it at a, a gain. It's really appreciated in value. You pay tax on it at that time, too. And so... This idea that not all accounts are treated equally f- by the tax man, it, it creates some potential traps, or the flip side of that, the positive side of that would be it creates some potential opportunities if you uh, are planning well within your, your financial life. Uh, an, enough segue. Let's get into it. Let's start with the Roth. I think, I mean, so we already said you can have an active strategy in the Roth. You can. Because... When you buy and sell stuff, there's no tax consequence. You don't have to worry about it landing on your tax return in the short term. So Josh is jo- Joshua, your son, not Josh Gregory here on the mm-hmm. show. I want to make that clear. Um, uh, could trade Bitcoin in his Roth even in short term, and there's no tax consequence unless he pulls the money out. But the the magic of the Roth is that compound growth, that growth. So the Roth IRA isn't a place where you'd want to put dormant, lazy assets, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Even if your overall risk tolerance is lower, either right now or that's your stage of life, you want to have your growth-oriented investments in your Roth. So you're good to have an active strategy, like our dynamic, a momentum-type strategy, but one that's oriented towards growth. Would you add anything to that? No, I mean, you're kind of alluding to the fact that conventional wisdom might say that the Roth IRA could be some of the latest dollars that you spend in retirement because you want all that tax-free growth to be happening and compounding over a longer and longer period of time. It becomes pretty magical when you let it happen. So if you're if you're at a point where you're feeling like, yeah, gosh, I'm taking too much risk. I want to downsize my risk. I We would encourage you, look at your entire portfolio as you're looking at how much risk should you take, but make sure... If, if some dollars could stay more growth-oriented and others more conservative, you'd want the Roth to stay more growth-oriented. But we've got to talk about what, what does that mean for your IRA, your 401k, and your joint account, that and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Should you have a different investment strategy in your 401k than your IRA, than your joint account? We've been talking around this topic, but we're going to answer the question right now, give you some ideas. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. 
With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory. My name is Mike Bernard. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast wherever you listen. Just go check it out. Search Wise Money Show. And if you do, do me a favor, rate the show and leave a comment there. That really helps on podcasts, helps helps us, helps other people find the show as well. So go check that out. All right. So we're talking about the tax treatment of different investment accounts, the tax treatment of different investments, and how you should match them up. So in the Roth IRA, we said the tax benefit, it's a tax sheltered account. So you can be active in there. Don't be speculative because the tax benefit is on the growth. So you want to have as many doubles as possible. You want to have a growth type strategy in there so that you get as much tax benefit as possible, aka tax-free growth. That would differ. So that's a dynamic strategy. I was just looking at the results of our dynamic strategy. It's Un- for 2020? Unbelievable. Yeah. It is just unbelievable. But it's active. At any time, we could get a sell and a buy. And you want to make sure it's – and but it's a growth-type strategy. And so that's perfect for a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. But in a 401k – 401k is also tax-sheltered. But you can't necessarily have an active strategy in a 401k. Even though it's sheltered, buying and selling, 401ks have rules and some – some limitations to them that you can't really be very active with them. Yeah, it goes back to the dot-com bubble. And, you know, in the 90s, there were a lot of people inside their 401ks that thought that they were stock jockeys only with mutual funds. They were hopping in and out, almost day trading inside their 401ks. And it just, it creates all kinds of administrative and, and management headaches for these mutual fund companies. And most of them in the early 2000s started coming out with short-term trading fees that if, if you didn't hold their mutual fund for at least 90 days or, or some period of time, they were going to slap you with an extra fee and, and maybe even ban you from their funds p- right. potentially. So the 401k, as you say, Mike, is not a place to have an active strategy most of the time. The exception to that might be if your 401k has a, a brokerage account linked to it, essentially where you can, you can actually take some of your 401k assets, shift it over into a segment of this plan that is a brokerage account. Brokerage accounts are uh, investment accounts that you can buy and sell almost anything under the sun inside of. And within that segment of your 401k, if it's offered to you, you may be able to use one of these types of, of strategies. And we've been able to implement that for some of our clients. Some of our own models that we manage internally for for our clients, normally you need to have that in an account with us, but inside of a brokerage window, sometimes you can pull this off. So the 401k is, it's tax sheltered. So your dividends, your capital gain distributions, the capital gains when you sell, any interest, that's all tax sheltered. But you can't have a very active strategy unless you're doing that brokerage window like Josh mentioned, which is a great idea, a way to get more diversification. So you're limited in your investment choices. So usually you want to pick a good diversified mix that you can rebalance. Kevin, we've talked about it a lot, set up auto rebalancing. You make it unemotional and you make sure it's, be, it's being done and make sure that that overall diversified mix complements your Roth, complements the other investment accounts, but also is consistent with your overall financial plan and the long-term goals that you have, aka retirement. Now, how, how would that different, differ from an IRA? The interesting thing with an IRA and this, gosh, if we were doing this show five years ago, 
how it would be different than today. Because your IRA, your, the money you put in is pre-tax. Any activity within there is, is, not, is not showing up on your tax return this year. You pull the money out and it's taxable as ordinary income. Well, what investments deliver ordinary income? Well, bonds, something that pays interest. Interest, no matter what the form, it's ordinary income. And that tends to be a higher tax rate than capital gains. So remember this time when bonds paid interest? <laughs> that would be a good place. You could, if, if you're looking at your entire portfolio and you said, yeah, I need X percentage of my money in bonds, you'd want to load up your IRA potentially with bonds because that's that they're good. Your bonds are going to pay ordinary income anyway. The IRA is going to pay ordinary income. So have your bonds in your IRA, have your growth investments, your stocks or whatever in your Roth and in your joint account, because the joint account or individual account, that would be capital gain. And the Roth is obviously designed for, for growth. So that's how you would structure it. It's just today, you know, we were just talking about uh, this big hedge fund manager who said, I would never buy bonds at these prices like these. So interest rates are just terrible. So you almost have to put a disclaimer on that comment I said. Yeah, I I think if you're not actively working with your financial advisor to say, what should my investment strategy be? And a lot of times people think, well, that's what a financial advisor is. A financial advisor is someone who sells investments. And I would encourage you to kind of expand that concept to say, no, a financial advisor really is a financial planner. So we are all certified financial planners on the show, and we've got 15 client-facing certified financial planners as, as at Corhorn Financial Group. We serve a lot of people, but it's not just selling investments. It's, it's planning in the six areas of financial planning to say, where, because when I think of, uh, we talk about qualified or non-qualified uh, accounts, I th think of that as a cookie jar. Because people will say, well, Josh, uh, how, how does your Roth IRA investment do? Yeah, what it, kind of performance can I get on a Roth IRA? Right, and that is a great question. Um, because I, as I've told my children many times, my job is to sit across the table from people all day, every day, and explain things to them that don't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, this stuff doesn't make any sense until you learn and you understand it better. But within the cookie jar, so if the Roth IRA is the cookie jar, I can have chocolate chip cookies or oatmeal cookies or snickerdoodles or... Oh, I couldn't. You, you wow, could have talked about you that. Lost I'm me. feeling distracted now. I know. <laughs> I don't, but you can. So it's your choice on what types of investments you could have a self-directed Roth IRA and own an antique car, or or you could own a, a baseball card or a collectible. Or I mean, you can you can pretty much own whatever you want within these cookie jars. Now we we have recommendations on what maybe you you would and would not want to own and what you might want to consider. But you definitely want to consider the tax ramifications. Yeah, you know, this, this concept of being diversified in the types of accounts you've established is a really, really important one that will become more urgent to you when you get out there to retirement. Mm -hmm. I, I just feel like the, the folks who have the most successful or the most confident uh, feelings in retirement are those who have given themselves maximum flexibility on where they can go draw money out of. They can draw money out of a Roth IRA and pay no tax. 
They can draw money out of a traditional IRA and pay tax at whatever rate they're in. They can draw money out of a joint account and maybe pay even less tax depending on what kind of growth has, has built up in that account. But the point is, if you have multiple wells that you could go to to draw out of for your own survival in retirement, you get to decide the mix or the ratio of where it comes from and therefore determine what kind of a tax uh, position you're going to be in year in and year out. That's why tax planning and investment planning have to be married together within your financial plan. Sometimes a tax can feel like a tax if you're not playing. Oh, that's that's terrible. There's a dad joke for you. Did you, did, Kevin? Did you get that? Mike, that hurts. That, know, that hurts sorry. even me. I'm sorry. You got to be planful with your investments, and and the, you want the capital gains dollars, capital gains strategies in your individual account, your joint account. But those might be the dollars you draw from first. So you want to be careful about how much risk you take there. So, All right, we've got questions from fans of the show. That and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Thanks for being with us today. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. You can do so online, wisemoneyshow.com, or wherever you're at on social media. We are there as well. Just search the Wise Money Show, and you can follow us there and leave questions there. Speaking of, that's where we're getting to next. We've got some questions from fans of the show. Uh, first, any any last comments about wrapping up how you align your investment strategy with your investment accounts? Nope. There's never been a better time in the history of the world to accumulate wealth, and there's never been a more complicated time in the history of the world to to accumulate wealth. So if you are about the business of accumulating wealth and making sure that that you're not getting passed by um, with opportunities, then I would say make sure you're working with a financial planner. Make sure that financial planner is certified. Make sure they're doing actual financial planning, not just selling you investments. And make sure that it, the other thing I'd say, here's a freebie, make sure you've got a Roth IRA open. Yeah, You're going to want to have a Roth IRA open, just trust me, get a Roth IRA opened because you're going to want to have it open for five years at some point in time. Okay. So, all right. Uh, so this is all centered off of a question that came from the the YouTube channel about should you do covered calls and other types of strategies in your Roth IRA. Got another question here that was texted in relating to this topic, and the question uh, I have a question about net investment income. Do long term capital gains fall in this category? Okay. So so this is referring to a special tax that was created what back in the Obama years and it was an additional 3.8% of your of certain types of income that gets added on top of all the other taxes that you were already paying. And anytime the government's coming out with, you know, a, a new tax, they have to decide well who's this going to apply to. And at that time, uh, if your income and and still to this day, if your income was over two hundred thousand dollars as an individual or two hundred and fifty thousand as a married couple, then you could be subject to this extra three point eight percent tax 
on certain types of income. And so the, the question that was texted in is, is capital gains amongst the list of items that get slapped with this extra tax? And the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so even though we would typically say capital gains tax rates are more favorable than most, most other rates, that's true until you start getting up into higher uh, income ranges. And, and some of the goodness goes away because we throw this 3.8% on top. It's also on things like interest income, dividend income, those capital gains that we're being asked about. If you had some rental income or you pull money out of certain types of annuities, the taxable portion might get, get this added. So there's a whole bunch of places here where if, if you're not keeping a careful eye on your overall income level, it's possible that you find yourself getting hit with this extra 3.8%. I mean, there again, I mean, this ties right into your investment strategy. Sometimes this is inevitable, like like Josh talked about. Um, but with careful planning, it can either be minimized or or avoided if you have the right tax strategy and you're using your tax shelters and maximizing those all along the way. But, so. but there are some investment strategies because a lot of if you listen to certain uh, firms, they would say the most important thing is uh, tax sensitive investing. And so you look at that and you say, well, it, do I want things that are tax sensitive or um, what's, I'm, and I'm, I'm grabbing the wrong word. Or return sensitive, I think. No, is no, 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 stop. It's, it's uh, tax efficient. Oh, tax efficient. Oh, because so. people, there are a lot of people that say I have, my, my investment portfolio has to be uh, tax efficient. And there are some strategies that are return efficient because you say, hey, I, I want to be tax efficient. Therefore, you know, this year my portfolio is up 12 percent. I say, well, that's great. Would you rather have it be return efficient and be up 24 hmm. percent? And, and what because what if you paid taxes on that whole 24 this year? Mm-hmm. What you did is you, you you in essence, you changed your basis or what you've got into that. If you didn't pay any taxes on that 12 percent. You're, you you've kicked the can down the road. Not a bad, not necessarily a bad strategy, but I w- it's in in a vacuum or in a silo. These in these decisions um, can can get kind of tricky. Yeah, I've uh, got a question from fan of the show Bruce. Here's what here's what he asked. I'm approaching retirement, and I have a 401k, which consists of both a Roth 401k and traditional 401k. So inside the same 401k, got Roth dollars and pre-tax traditional dollars. I'm considering a rollover to an IRA, but don't know the best way to get this done without being taxed again on the Roth portion of the 401k. Can you provide me with some guidance? Yeah, I, I guess we would just provide you with some reassurance. Yeah. That that money that you already paid tax on inside the 401k and it's growing tax free. The nice thing is that when you leave your employer and you do what most people do, and that is roll over the 401k, you're actually going to get two different rollovers happening, essentially. The, the Roth dollars can go into a Roth IRA. The traditional 401k dollars can go into a traditional IRA. And... Um, you know, that, that, that's something that your certified financial planner probably does every day. You know, this is what this is how they help people with the transition between their working years and into retirement. When money starts going into motion, it, that can be a nerve wracking time. 
especially with the kind of scale that, you know, the, the kind of dollars that you've probably built up throughout your entire working career. It's a lot of money. And yes, mistakes get expensive at that point in life. And that's why I would encourage you to talk through what the overall game plan should be with your certified financial planner. And they'll help make sure that that goes smoothly. I, I just have confidence in that. Yeah. Yep. So uh, there to take this a little bit more, you know, more detailed. Um, if you have after-tax dollars, you're going to want to be very careful with that. Uh, oftentimes, uh, maybe you did that early on in your career, and or maybe you didn't realize you were doing it or something like that, and then you do that call when you retire to roll over your 401k, and the the person on the other end of the line will say, what do you want to do with these after-tax dollars? And they'll say, we can just cut you a check for five grand. And that feels like a bonus, right? right? That feels like fun. And maybe that's the right thing. But you you also have the ability to move those dollars directly into your Roth, those after-tax dollars. Mm -hmm. And uh, another nuance here when you're rolling that money over is if you have any employer stock, you might want to do a strategy called a net unrealized appreciation. So, so Josh, you mentioned, you said it the right way. I'd put your mind at ease. This can go directly into the Roth. That's okay. And, and your CFP does this sort of stuff all the time. And if that's it, yeah, make sure your CFP helps you. But there might be other issues that your CFP needs to be looking at within your 401k that they can help you as you do that rollover. Well, and that, that one that you just mentioned, the net unrealized appreciation, for those of you who do have company stock within your 401k, there, there are a lot of folks that just kind of get into a rush and they just say, well, you're retiring. So what do we do when you retire? We roll over your, your 401k. Boom, just mm -hmm. done. And if, if they don't slow down long enough to just check and just make sure that they're not skipping past a, a potential tax strategy here, you know, that in their effort to help make it easy for you, sometimes you can go a little too fast as well. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, just, just working with any old investment salesperson is not the way to go. It's, it's someone who is a certified financial planner who's helping you with this transition and and the roadmap that you're using is your financial plan. Yeah. It's structuring this rollover in a way that's going to fund this retirement for you and your ideal future. Um, there, there are tax consequences. There are investment consequences. There are cash flow consequences with all of this. And so it needs to be part of your overall plan. Karen from Illinois also is a YouTube uh, fan and sent in this email. She says, hey, I watched your YouTube video about the pitfalls of the Roth 401k that was posted back in, de in December. She said, I'm 73 years old and I'm still working. I have 65,000 in my Roth 401k at work. I've had it since 08. I thought I, I, thought I was good. Financial planners um, do not really seem versed in this topic. Unfortunately, I have not started a Roth IRA. Hmm. I could by December 31st, I, I think, of this year, of that year. But, um, but and I would start that five-year clock rolling. If I roll the, four, the Roth 401k to a new Roth IRA, does the five-year waiting period apply to the full amount that I rolled over or just the earnings? In other words, if for some reason I had to touch the contributions, the basis, not the earnings of that Roth IRA, um, would you know would there be tax consequences on on those dollars so and then i also understand that if i after i retire if i leave that roth 401k there i'd have to do 
required minimum distribution, which that is true on a Roth 401k. Great question, Karen. You've just lost 97% of the listeners. Yeah, that is complicated. So so the the big idea is is that you want to have a, a Roth IRA opened for at least five years. To oversimplify, you want to have a Roth IRA open for at least five years, and you say, how can I do that? There are two ways to get money into a Roth. One is to contribute, so you put some money in. The other is to convert. So you take money from a traditional IRA and you convert it to a Roth IRA. And you might say, well, listen, I make too much money to contribute. Okay, we got you covered. You can convert. And you might say, hey, I don't want to pay any more taxes than I'm currently paying. Not a problem. We'll, we'll convert uh, $100 or $1,000, but a, a small amount, just enough to get that account open and the clock ticking on that account. Mm-hmm. So, yep. so that's that's where when 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 you're listening to this and saying what in the world is Karen talking talking about? If this doesn't hit you where you are, it, it's because you you've either already dealt with it or you haven't faced it yet. That's right. And so, if you're listening and you're within five years of retirement or five years of wanting to start drawing out of your accounts, I would encourage you just get a Roth IRA opened. This calendar year, I remember at the end of 2020, we had some folks that we were helping facilitate a quick opening of a Roth IRA so that we could grab that one calendar year and get their five-year clock ticking. So if you just do that much, if you tuck that much away in in your arsenal of, of knowledge and you actually implement it, you're creating opportunities for yourself down the road. And now you've got some time to go educate yourself, work with a certified financial planner who will who will help you actually leverage those opportunities you created for yourself. And, and then your, your, your Roth IRA contributions, you can pull your basis out at any time um, without a tax or a penalty. And, and basically the crux of Karen's question is, is my contribution to my Roth 401k, is that basis, does that carry over to the Roth IRA? That's a good question. I think I'd want to check with the exact custodian. I believe it would. I, I believe it would, but you'd want to, you're going to want to talk to your your custodian, your certified financial planner on that. So, all right, that is all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.